I'm Ben. I'm Cameron. I'm Evan. And this is Dads with Cause. So, Evan. Yeah. Ben, it's been a hard week. Let's just own that. Yeah. I would like to dedicate this episode to a little boy named Dan. Dan is Evan's friend. Dan has challenged us to make 20 episodes. Done. And make one dime. Well, hey, we just... We're, we're in, this evening, we will be publishing episode number 12. Whoop, so. I know. That's Whoop. what I told him. I said, I don't know, man. We're looking pretty yeah. good, and we've got a few in the bag. Too. You yeah. place a bet. Did you place a bet? I didn't place a bet. I Over under that. A, Over under that. jerk for saying it. You're like, hey, if I get to 25, do I get part of your millions? If I can hmm. show you that I've earned more than 10 cents on my OnlyFans and also show you Only on the pod- <laughs> podcast yeah. that I have 20 published episodes, will you pay me $100? He probably would take me on that he, bet. There you go. Yeah. Then just do the OnlyFans. He'd be like, oh, you're definitely going to fail. I'll subscribe yeah. and you're done. All right. <laughs> so a bunch has happened. One, we have a website. Oh, yeah. Hey. Yay. Dadswithcarspodcast.com. Yes. Dot com. Dadswithpodcast.com. <laughs> we have an Instagram account. Dads yeah, with Cars Podcast. Dot Sweet. And dot com. This is gonna sound totally hilarious. We have eleven followers. <laughs> nice. We are going places. We are going places. This thing is huge. Stand so ba- stand back! I don't know how big. This oh, thing gets. dude! <laughs> I just thought about something. If each of our followers give us one penny a month or week, no, right now you've exceeded. Yeah, you're yeah. Not, there you <laughs> go. That, you've made a it. dime. Gauntlet thrown. So all we need to have to do is ask. Hey, right? Diego, but can I get a dime? Okay. Oh God, Diego owes me like a grand. There you go. Yeah, but he doesn't owe the. He doesn't owe he, us. He doesn't owe the podcast yeah. a grand. He doesn't. No, owe no the here's what we do grand. on the you're podcast. Right. Like right. it was your idea. Maybe put a donate button. Yeah, and people could just click it and be like, "Oh, one we, penny. we heard you needed ten cents. Yeah, yeah. Oh, to, yeah. To prove this guy wrong. Yeah. So. Oh God, yeah. that's a challenge the car people are going to take. I. <laughs> no, actually, yeah, that's a good way to drum up business, right? right? <laughs> like, it's like this guy bet me a thousand bucks. Support your local car people. Yeah. All right. Yeah, in all seriousness, this is what I would like to call the mental health episode. Oh, God. <laughs> it could be serious, but it doesn't have to be. I mean, the bottom line is, look, I'm going to own it. Shitty mood this week. Yeah. Absolutely shitty oh, you're mood. You're playing it off really well. I never would have guessed. Hey, hell is zen. I mean, I'm with... Whoa. I'm hey. with Whoa. 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 <laughs> I'm with my two favorite people. <laughs> I have... That's nice to hear. A cigar. Yeah. We Ben made me a fantastic uh what are we drinking? Vesper Martini. Oh, nice. So good. Uh, by the way, if you're listening, we are drinking and smoking. Yes. Just thought you should know. <clears throat> gasoline, drinking and smoking. Yeah. yeah. Lots of drinking and smoking. So, you know, kind of rough week for everybody. I mean, I've had conversations with both of you. <laughs> Everton the pipe. <laughs> Like I said, the mental health episode. Now that sounds like a Beastie Boys album. <laughs> Shit. I thought about bringing a bong just so, just for the sound effect of it all. <laughs> Can I do the robot dick sound? <laughs> Wait, that's real? No. Yeah, that's real. See, because Evan still scores his weed 
the old-fashioned way? Yeah, I totally. do. I, I do. I meet a buddy in a garage. I used to go to the <laughs> store, and now I'm just, I found Dude, a buddy who's me, like, you want to meet him in my garage? I'll just sell it to you here. And I'm like, perfect. No tax, no nothing. It's like old, old times. All right, dads, don't try this at home. All right, anyway. So I just, all I'm saying is, look, this is another instance of where car culture and the car itself has brought together three friends to work through their issues. Yeah. Yep. I don't know how many of them I can talk about on, on this thing. That's though. okay. <laughs> I mean, you can you can redact names. You can redact the situation. You can, uh, you know. You just can't redact the words. Yeah. No, I, I hey, I'll, I'll, I'll align with this. I think we talked about this a little bit before, but mm-hmm. um, generally, you know, like we, we've also said that, that doing this, talking about this stuff is kind of therapy and, Sometimes talking about it is therapy, and I think sometimes listening to stuff like this, hopefully, is therapy. It's escapism, right? It's escapism. Maybe it's not therapy. I wouldn't call it. I mean, but it feels good. It feels good. It's It's a distraction. It's a distraction. It's (laughs) it's group sharing of woe and you know uh, hobby. I I think we suffer the same uh, similar ways that. A lot of people. I th- I, honestly, that's, that's, that's what I was going to say. And you know, one of the, one of the things that we talked about before that uh, I certainly recognize pretty much every day is I get into my car to drive to work, and that right there, that's that energizes me. And uh, it's not, it's not. A, I mean, the drive commute is never like a spirited drive, is it? It's like it's always point to point. But I'm in the car, yeah. you know, and I and uh. Oh, you know, actually, I thought of something this morning. I dropped the kids off at school, and I walked out of the like the gate of the school, and I was walking up to the car. And we talked about like the look back when you like when you've parked your car and you're going in your house, and you like you turn back and you have that one like wistful look, and you go, oh, you yeah. know. And I came out the I came out of the front gate of the school, and I came around the corner. And the car was just parked. And I know it's something about the camber of the road something about the angle that it was something about the light and i was just like oh fuck yeah i get to drive that and that's for me that that energized me a little bit this morning sure knowing that i had to go to my office and deal deal with all of that great stuff <laughs> jesus yeah i know it's, it's it's incredible brutal it is brutal yeah but you know i had I'll go at the end of the day yesterday. So I had to go into my office, go out to the parking garage, get into car. Not the prettiest car in the world, but you know, I've got a couple of really good cambered turns getting onto the freeway, getting off the freeway. And it was like, I get 25 minutes drive home by myself after a day of work to just chill out and do my thing, you know, you- listen to a podcast. Decompress. Decompress. Yeah. Catch a few turns, you know, and and I mean, like I said, every every uh, approach to every freeway is hit the rev limiter, you know. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's a much better way of like en- entering back into family life after that twenty five minutes. I would say that I hit triple digits every morning before I drop Charlie off at school on my way to drop her off at school. Dude, how can that be? It's like surface streets. Eighty-seven north from Santa Clara. Well, don't don't give your to, route up. All, all but you're the on way, the freeway. All the way, yeah. And there, you take the that's eight, against eight, traffic, right? 
the H O H O V lane, and there's nobody yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time. Nice. I mean, I shouldn't say every time. You know, a couple times here and there, but for the most part, you could just go. Anyway, yeah, and on the way home too, it's horrible. Don't listen to me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so you know, like Ben said, I'll I'll engage on this as well. I think if you are an avid listener or you go back through our catalog, you will hear a number of episodes where I am struggling, struggling to keep my shit together. Oh, I thought you were going to say struggling to string a sentence together. But that, that was- too. That too. <laughs> I'll own that too. <laughs> and, you know, I think that's the thing. It's like there has been, and Ben said it on one of the episodes, like there is probably not an hour that goes by that something car related doesn't come into mind. Like I remember you saying that. I was like, that 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 is me. Like that's how you define an obsession for sure. An yeah. hour? Yeah. I was thinking every like five minutes. Oh. There's not a call that go I shouldn't say this because probably somebody who works for me is gonna end up hearing this. Um <laughs> well I'll own it. There probably is not an call that I'm on where I don't have eBay, bat road and track or some website where I'm looking at parts or a car or something that I'm not thumbing through while I'm listening, awesome. while I'm listening to that nonsense <laughs> go on. By the way, I'm not going to tell you where this guy works, but it's like, no, no, we're not going to talk like about a, where it's I like a work. Big job. He's got like a big job and this is what these big job guys do. If y'all were curious, well, I mean, you know, like, do you just walk in and like, that's your routine. Like you just pull up all the bullshit in the background and then get to work. So the bullshit's there just to check out anytime you want. It's you know what it is. How it's, does that work? It's, <laughs> no, it's like a fidget spinner. Okay. It is. Okay. It's a complete, you've nailed it, Ben. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's right. That's what it is. That's right. But do you do, do you get some stuff up like that before you start work? No, 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 no. You've got that on your phone or your tablet or some computer that is not attached to your corporate network. I see. And you've got, you know, 24 to 34 inch screen in front of you with the million faces of people that you're dealing with. And you got the webcam and you hold the phone roughly in front of the monitor and you're just like this and nobody can tell. Nice. Ben's doing it. He's showing you right well, now. Karen, Karen has an office in our house and she puts a green screen up, but every now and again, she doesn't use the green screen. Where are you lighter? Yeah. And um, they, some people said, hey, you should take that picture down that you have framed in the background. And she was like, why? And they said, because we can see you multitasking on your, on your dual screen monitors oh, yeah, while like, we're talking to you. The double reflection. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah, like, yeah. if we zoom in, if we wanted to, we could probably see everything you're looking at. You know? <laughs> and she's just getting work done, you know. But um, That's yeah. why I have a brilliant set of Tom Ford glasses with the anti-reflective coating so nobody can see what I'm doing oh, in my glasses. Sneaky. <laughs> Computer glasses, baby. That's pretty cool. Them. Next thing I'm going to get those ones with the big eyes that looks like I'm awake. That's what I'm I was just, just thinking. I'm going to totally do that. <laughs> like the paper on the front with a little tiny hole in the Absolutely. middle. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm doing that next. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm paying attention. Oh, God. Yeah. Design. Uh, your face. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, user experience. Oh, God. Yes. Design. You're fired. Design. You're fired. Yeah. Totally. UX matters. Yes, it does. You're fired. Back to that. I think, you know, one of the things that I, and you guys, like, one of you just said therapy. It was like, we were talking about that. It's like, this is therapy in some ways. And I'm trying to work through. It's going to be okay, dude. It's going to be fine. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Um, I'm trying to work through all these different things. And, and you know, I mean, 
I'm not going to delve into my personal life too far, but the time that we spend talking about this is the thing that gets you through the rest of the week. And hey, it's trash day. Totally. It's the only day that's different than the it rest of the week. It doesn't feel like it's been a week. I feel like it's been like three weeks since we were here for some weird reason. No, do, it was do you literally feel that last way? week? I know, but yeah. it doesn't feel like that yeah. long. It feels longer. I love you guys. <laughs> I think that's what it is. <laughs> so I'm going to stick to the the part that we've been we've been going through. So there's a through line to this. But I've gotten to the place we we've we've talked about. Am I falling out of love with cars? Am I falling out of love with my cars? Am I falling out of love with the hobby? And I've made some decisions. Yeah. I really listened to both of you, and I and I'm not. This is not me creating content. This is me talking about our friendship and kind of this podcast. Like, I really listened to you guys. And I took into account both the questions that you asked me. And it's funny because the great thing about this podcast is it's a reference point where we talk about something and then we publish it. And then I'm walking the dog and I I do actually listen to our podcast. And through that, it's like, huh, okay, I got to process this in a different way. And what I've come down to, based on our previous podcasts, like, I'm not done with the hobby. I'm not done caring about cars. I do care about the things that I'm driving. But I think, like, the questions that you ask me around, what are you doing? What are you trying to do? What matters? All those things, like, I really had to process. Mm. I'm finishing up my projects, which I think was one decision that I had to make. Like it was like, as I said earlier, it's like I'm pushing all this shit into a fucking chasm and I don't care. You know, it's like the amount of money I'm spending and the time and energy and all that. It really was beginning to weigh on me. And I was like, I don't know that I want to be doing this. It's like, Nope. Commitment. And in some ways a challenge, I think from both of you, it's like finish your shit, see it through and then make decisions. And once I kind of got my head around that, and once I kind of processed everything that you guys said, it was like, no, they're right. I need to finish this. Like, I can't just throw my hands in the air and put half-finished project on bat and <laughs> run away from it. <laughs> no. It's like, I'm quelling the inferno of cash furnace, and I'm at the, I'm near the end. By next week, I will be done with my projects, at least the paying part of it. And then I'll make some calls about what I'm going to do. And like, Evan, I know your eyes are boring into me about the GT4. I wasn't even looking at you. I was just looking over there. Uh I thought I I saw a bug or something. Uh Yeah. (laughs) No, I have questions. I'm waiting. Yeah, no, we we all have questions, I'm sure. But go ahead, please. All right. Well, I mean, before I'm like just dropping everything, like go ahead and ask questions. Sorry, no, like, no, I don't no. want. I don't want to cut you guys. I'm really off. not boring into you. I'm not. Uh, hey, go so, ahead. All right. Well, I know we're we keep saying the therapy word, and, and like uh, maybe that's not the right word. Um, I but it's I a think reasonable word. No, but uh, you know, all right. So I'm, I'll bring us back to the theme of the podcast: dads with cars. Right? We all and it. What's fun is we have a website. www.dadswithcarspodcast.com and it's interesting because we it you know the i mean it's really pretty basic website it has some pictures of cars and it has pictures of us being dads 
and it has it has pictures of our cars. It has a picture of our cars. Yes, they're only the our car, cars. The cars, the our cars. Yeah, um, and you know you can listen to the podcast there, and you can ask us a question. So please go to the website, yeah. ask us questions, or like suggest shit that you want us to talk about. I have questions, by the way. Yeah, you do. So make sure we do that. Yeah, but yeah, I'll make sure we do that. But I, my, my, I added something to that, by the way. You, you can um, you can also ask te- technical advice, and we'll try to answer your questions. All no, right. No, you, you put that there. You're answering it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I might ask for your help. <laughs> Damn it. Um, my point bit was was that uh, we had a uh, chat earlier in the week, and I was like, "Hey, if you just gave somebody this website, and we were like, "Hey, we're doing a podcast," or I don't know how many guys you know you you've spoken to that said, "Hey, did, you know, I'm doing a podcast," and the people that I spoke to like, kind of laughed at me. Yeah, there's fucking Dan. Yeah, <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, what's it going to be about? Cars?" And I was like, Duh. I, was, I, was, I was like, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> what else would it be about? But then I thought, uh, uh, we should actually just write an intro. So we should write kind of what the, what, you know, what is the objective? What are we trying to do here? Like, I know that, we, that we're getting together and this is like group therapy and we're, you know, we're having fun and we talk about shit that goes on and we talk about cars and we talk about what we're doing and projects and that's all fantastic. But if no, if somebody was coming to this completely fresh, they'd never heard us, they didn't know us, they were like, hey, check this podcast out, most people would be like, well, what's it about? So we tried to encapsulate that in a kind of intro, like blurb that you'd see like on the back of a book about what's the book about. This kind of tells you what the podcast is about. And I think one of the interesting things about the uh, stuff you were just saying, Cam, about that moment is that encapsulates for me everything about what this podcast is about, right? How am I going to reconcile all of this cool stuff that I want to do that is, yes, it is with cars, right? But how am I going to um, make that fit with the rest of my world, right? The rest of my family life, my work life, my the amount of time I have, the amount of space I have, the commitments I have. Like we were talking earlier, like the family commitments are just, they're crazy right now. Yeah, I think they're, they're nuts f- for all of us. And so how do you fit all of that in? So that element of what am I going to do with my project cars? What am I going to do with this? What am I going to do? That's, it's all like, it's all kind of mixed up in there. And there's no way that you can really separate the, those things out because it's all about like you and your time and your priorities and your commitments. Right. So I just thought it was an observation I wanted to make that like we're trying to we're trying to stay true to the the original idea of this podcast, which is you know figuring out how we can do all of that. Yeah. And, and the moment you were having for me, and you were saying, oh, "I listened to what you guys asked." Yeah. I listened to what you guys were saying because in that moment I was like, "Well, this is why we're doing this, right?" Totally. This is why we're talking about this because. I don't think that we're the only people out there that, no. that are trying to figure this. Stuff. How do I do the stuff I really want to do that keeps me going, that energizes me, that makes it, you know, you were just saying, like, that makes it feel like, oh, I was only just here, right? I was only just on a drive, right? And right. it feels great, right? So how do you fit all of that in with all the other commitments and work and responsibilities that, that you have as a parent, as a dad, yeah. right? Well, I mean, I think that the thing that you're bringing up, which I think is is spot on, is the people that don't understand it, they call it a hobby. And it isn't a hobby. 
honestly, like where I've gotten to, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be dramatic, nor am I trying to put more importance on it. Like this is not saving the world. This is saving me. It's a lifestyle. And I think that that, like I have no other real vices. I have no other obsessions other than this. I mean, yes, we're smoking cigars and we're having a nice whiskey, but I mean, those are hobbies. <laughs> if somebody were like, "What are you giving up right. between the three things?" Yep. I'm giving up those two things. So I'm keeping the cars. Like, and if I'm gonna get divorced over something, and I've been divorced, I think the car might have come into play. Although she's got a question, by the way. Um, so all I'm saying is, through all the other issues that I'm having in my life that are outside of the car thing, this experience, hanging out, talking about it has solved part of it for me. And honestly, because it's an obsession, it was an unlock to a bunch of other things that all of a sudden I'm like, odd, there's clarity, right? And I'm going to admit, you know, like to get through my life and to deal with the things that I'm dealing with, I do do therapy. And even in talking to my therapist, I was like, so I've made some decisions about my car hobby. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, my car, you know, because again, like I can't say it's a lifestyle. I mean, I could say it's a lifestyle, but you know. You could just say my cars. Well, it's an easier thing to encapsulate as the hobby. And he was like, I think those are really good decisions. Like, yeah. I think you're talking about <clears throat> completing something. You're talking about finishing. You're talking about evaluating based on the data that you have in front of you versus making an emotional decision. And he's like, you could apply those things to other parts of your life. I'm like, I am. It's like, well, then while you're laughing about your car hobby, that is the model for the other things that are going on in your life. And like use the same techniques that you've done to get to like decisioning on these things to deal with the shit that you're dealing with outside of your car hobby. It's like, I hadn't thought about that. And and it was this really weird moment of clarity. It was like, because it seemed so frivolous in the beginning, like, do I want to own my GT4 or not? It's like. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Anybody that doesn't have the context would be like, wait, what? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> stop like, stop your whining, fool. You know, and it's a little bit like, he was like, no, you're, what you're doing is you're finally balancing your life. The car is in some ways it's a representation of the other things that you have to figure through. And it was like, yeah. And, and he's like, and what, what, you know, to bring it back to that, what are you trying to achieve? And like, I, I want to simplify, but I don't want to give up on the value that I get the community, the shared times with the two of you, the shared times with our other friends. And he's like, then you got to do everything that you can to maximize that and reduce all, all of the overhead around it. And as a result, I'm buying a 911. <laughs> <laughs> because that is the solution to everything. It <laughs> is. So that's Porsche <laughs> fixes everything. So you had to tell the family that whole story? No. I had to tell my therapist that. And then he said, so what are you doing to bring your wife in? And it was like, well, we've had some conversations about that. And, you know, I was pleasantly surprised at how supportive my significant other is about this. And she was like, at first it was like, Oh, you know, 
you can't keep a car for any longer than, you know, four or five years and blah, 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 blah. But in this conversation, it was literally like, no, I totally get what you're doing. And, you know, if that's what's going to make you happy and you think that that is the thing that is going to be the solution to the problem in terms of both your transportation and your happiness, do it. And I, I wasn't expecting that. When you say happiness, are you talking like happiness in relation to cars or, happy, yeah. or I mean, global it, happiness? No, not global happiness. Okay. <laughs> I, like, I think the global happiness part is, is what I'm internalizing, which is it's simplicity. It's continuing to support like, and be a part of my communities. And it is to continue this hobby or this lifestyle with less hindrance. And, you know, her thing was, yeah, if that's the thing that you want to do, like get rid of your GT4, go put a deposit on the 911 that you want to buy. And I, of course, upped the ante and I was like, it's (laughs) 911s. Plural. Which again, you know, may come at the end of my journey with my 1602. But I think that the thing... Again, not to get all like touchy feely or metaphorical. It's accepting that the the change is okay in some ways. Like if if at the end of my journey with my sixteen oh two, it was eleven years of ownership and learning a bunch of things and doing a bunch of things and trying a bunch of things and building a bunch of things. And it's not for me. It's not the end of the world. And you guys made it okay my friends in the BMW community have made it okay. And they're like, we're still your friends. I told you, you, you know, just, the- you, you did. Ben was, Ben was right. <laughs> ben was absolutely right. And one of them immediately was like, buy a Cortina. Yeah. Yes. Uh, just oh, and I have on one to something you. that you said though. <laughs> I've got a friend with a Cortina. You said, uh, something about having a car for four or five years and then selling it. And it's like, to me, if you're a car person, there's nothing wrong with that. You're just trying out all different things. Right. You only live once, and you're like, I want to drive this, I want to drive that. You know, four or five years, that, that's nothing. It's Agreed. normal. Agreed. So tonight, and Dad's with therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. Okay, I'm just so, say it. I'm, I love you both. All right, so... Uh, well, uh, See how uncomfortable Ben is? He's English. No, I'm not uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, notice, notice on therapy session, he's pretty quiet. He's like, fucking therapy. He's, he's like, I'm fine. I don't nobody know what in the you UK guys are talking therapy. about. I'm, Fuck that shit. I'm British. I'm completely fine. You know that both my parents are psychologists. Yes, we do. <laughs> Jesus. Industrial psychologists, you're right? Up. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What does that mean, industrial psychologist? So for, like, for a business. I see. Yeah. I've hired Ben's mom now. She's going to fix my problems at work. Nice. Oh, cool. Cool. Maybe she'll buy another electric car. Yeah. Yeah. She'll be here. Any updates when? on that? When? That- uh, in October. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Can she solve my problems for real? Can I hire her? I mean, you could ask her. Why do that? <laughs> Karen's a good therapist. Yeah, believe it or not, she's she can kind of switch modes. But is she she's got the degree in psychology, right? Her PhD is in psychology. Is she an industrial psychologist as well? She is. I didn't know she was, but apparently that's she why is. they got along. Yeah, because she does. She did it for the railroad industry. Huh. Wow. Yep. So did my dad. Really? Mm-hmm. That's a trip. Yeah. Karen, Karen would love to know that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I'm sure Daphne shared that at some point. I wonder if they talked about that. I don't know. I don't know. Let's ask Daphne. He, uh, Let's find out. Or yeah, Karen. Well, when I say yeah. he, they, they, they ran their own company, consultancy. And they did consultancy for all kinds of companies, including the British Railroad. I mean, she literally would interview 
every, you know, you work for BNSF, so they had a contract with them. So she interviews all their locomotive engineers just or that had witnessed a critical incident, which means a yep. death or an accident. Yeah. And pretty much they need therapy. I mean, yeah, they do. The, Immediately. The problem is it costs the company millions and millions and millions, if not a billion dollars a year or something like that, some absurd number in gas. And the reason being is that when you have PTSD and you're behind the train and you're working again after witnessing someone throwing themselves in front of the train, by the way, you have to go back no matter what. You have to stop the train. Uh-huh. If someone commits suicide in front of you, which is quite common, unfortunately. I've been on that train. Really? I mean, not trying to kill myself, but I've been on the, the death train. And and they had to stop and go yes, back? Yeah. we were all trapped for hours. So I guess they have to stop and go back, and there's yep. never a good story. There's nope. body parts. Yep. Every time it's body parts. Yep. So they have PTSD, so when they see the slightest thing happen in front of them, or they think they're seeing it or whatever, they slow down. Yeah. When normally they wouldn't slow down. No. Uh, so the gasoline... That they use to pick back up speed and get it's their diesel. where they're going on time. It's yeah. diesel. Sorry, the diesel is costing them. That's what it is. It's all about money. Wow. So, not to take us too far off track. And sorry, I'm like going to be. Oh, great pun. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, I didn't I think get, about that. That's I get good. credit for that because I pointed it out. Yeah. Sorry. So check. Actually, the night that I was on the train and we hit somebody and killed somebody. We got stuck between the university station and whatever the next one is on the line. That's the night when I finally got off the train. There were no more trains. They're like, fuck off. Figure it out. Really? Yes. Wow. Caltrain done for the night. Yeah. So my solution was... Because of that? Yeah. Wow. Like tracks going southbound, now closed. Huh. It's like, figure it out. So what does everybody do? They go for Uber. Yeah. What did I do? I grabbed one of those stupid commuter bikes. Yeah. The Lyft-sponsored commuter bike. Wait, how far away were you from? Palo Alto. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) So no, 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 here's my solution, right? I'm going to get the commuter bike, and I'm going to ride the commuter bike down El Camino Real to Mountain View, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to get on fucking VTA light rail and get my ass to downtown San That's Jose. That's not a bad idea. Sure. I, I like yeah. that idea. Yeah. Actually. Okay. So the problem is the commuter bike, not exactly the most maneuverable thing, not a, exactly the most thing that, you know, you're going to ride what ended up being 11 miles. <laughs> it's electric, isn't it? No. It's not electric? No. Oh. This was before all that nonsense. Okay. Gotcha. But so that was brutal. And I'm, I'm, freaking out at this point because it's like 8 p.m. I'm trying to get home to wife and kid and I think Alex was probably three at this point. I'm riding down El Camino Real completely like no food. It's 7.30, 7.45 at night. I've got this now 35, 40 minute ride at speed to go between uh, Palo Alto and Mountain View. That's the night that I met Elon Musk. What? Yes. Elon was at the, uh, what was the fledgling Palo Alto Tesla dealer, which was a part of the Volvo dealer at some point, but then became its own independent Tesla dealer. Elon's getting out of his car in the parking lot to go to some event there. I'm riding by on the commuter bike 
like a sweaty crazed person and I'm like, Elon, you're amazing. No. And I'm like, with the thumbs up, this no. is before, you know, SpaceX, all that, you know, yeah, he's yeah. just like Tesla guy. Sure. And he's like, uh-huh. oh, he, <laughs> like he gave hat. me the thumbs he up. He gave me the thumbs up and That's he was cool. like, fucking crazy person. Yeah. And he's like booking it for the, the dealership. Like, I got to get away from this guy. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. So that's my my brush with Elon. Well, I actually saw an interview with him right before I came over here on my oh, yeah? phone, and I was like, "Whoa, that was weird." Yeah, it was a recent he one. He was they way just less put weird out. back then. He, he just couldn't answer questions, and he just kind of sat there quiet. And maybe he'd ridden a commuter bike from Palo Alto thought, and Mountain View. Maybe. So, did you get on the light rail and make it home? I did, but first I stopped in at the Nut House and had, I think, the Nut House on California. And had myself hot plate Mexican food. Nice. I love hot plate Mexican. Nice. Yeah. So what was the worst night ever became the best night ever. Sounds great. Yeah. Sounds like an adventure. It was. I mean, think about it. If you got home perfectly, would you be telling that story right now? No. No. You'd be like... Yeah, and you wouldn't have met Elon. No. Oh, my God. I was a fan until he bought Twitter. Yeah. I was a fan, too. Huge fan when he was doing SpaceX and everything. Yeah, I was like, this guy's landing... Fucking rockets on yeah. a goddamn barge in the I, middle of the ocean. And then I was like, whoa, he's just kind of a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> he says some crazy <laughs> shit. Uh, but the question the guy asked him where he kind of froze was like, why do you write that stuff to everybody? It's okay to think it, but why? And, and tell me over there and talk to your friends or family about it. But why do you feel the need to tell everybody? You know, when, when you know it might hurt your company or, you know, your customers or zero shit's given. Yeah. He's just like, if I lose a little money, that's fine. Well, he has the money to lose, (laughs) right? Exactly. Oh, he doesn't care. He's straight up like, I don't care. Sorry. This is more flighty business. So I, I read some article about what every billionaire's watch is, Ben. Oh yeah. I saw this article. Did you? So like Elon and Larry Ellison. Yeah. Where those like handmade Richard meal. Yes. Thank you. Because I couldn't remember. What is that? I don't know if it's supposed to be Ricard Mille or whatever. But they're like motorsports inspired, right? Oh, they're like it's the um, Rafael Nadal wears one while playing tennis. You speaking a l- whole language I don't even understand. A tennis player, okay. Well, you don't class. know who Rafael Nadal is, dude. I am not a well-heeled money person. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't spend much time in the tennis club. Obviously. I do not. <laughs> I do not golf either. <laughs> But so actually, interestingly, so so yeah, Nadal wears one when playing tennis. Uh, um, Leclerc wears one not while he's driving because <laughs> you're not allowed to wear jewelry when you're driving an F1 oh, car. Oh, yeah, so right. That's actually right. a rule. But yeah. but he has like an uh, an like an F1 like Ferrari specific Richard Mille. I think it might actually just be a Leclerc. I don't know. At this point, you can just have a watch made for you. Yeah. It's like a million dollars or whatever. Yeah, so what does that go for, the ones that million. You, a million. Men- you mentioned earlier? A million? Yep. Jesus Christ. Well, I think that I, I mean, I think that the Larry Ellison and the Elon Musk, I don't know if those, I mean, Larry, they're not, yeah, they're like. Larry Ellison, I'm sure, still has that one, but like, I don't think Musk has that watch or no, wears it anymore. not. I mean. But it was like just... 250 grand. Yeah. Wow. And they, they get, they go through Bezos, Bezos. Yeah. Which. <laughs> Hey Ben, do you want to buy my moon watch? No. <laughs> okay. I mean, what is it made? From? Oh, yeah, like, what yours? Yeah, I'll buy it. Like, what, what makes it worth that much? Is these like Nothing. the blood of some children? And yeah, it's uh, the bones of yeah. Ben and I have a, a theory about that. It's like <laughs> there there are the bones that you get from samurai that were pre Hiroshima. 
That's weird. I just said bones. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. They're made out of the this. bones of something going on here. Samurai from pre Hiroshima. And okay. so those bones were given over to uh I'll pick a museum. The Victorian Albert Museum. Right. So away from Hiroshima. Okay. And then there are the less expensive bones, the ones that have been through Hiroshima. It's just a an, a watershed epoch moment that like you can have pre and post. Yeah. So do they like they use the bones? Yeah. So like make, yeah, they carve that shit. They carve that shit. Yeah. Yeah. By hand. Yeah. By hand. All those little parts. They're hand hooned. Wow. Yeah. All right. I will. Um. I will not defend, uh, Patek or AP or Rolex for that matter because it is all brand recognition, name, and. Uh, supply and demand, and everybody blames Instagram and the yeah, like. Fuck the, Instagram with watches. Yeah, everybody blames that for what has pumped up the prices of these watches. So I will not defend the inflation element of that, but I will defend the handmade uh, and the technology that goes into making like a handmade mechanical wristwatch. Of which Richard Mille, like they 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 handmake basically every single piece individually. And they're using, like, you know, like I, I'm struggling, but the you know space age technology materials to yeah. make the watch out of. The, but they're I mean, using, aren't they using like pre-industrial revolution techniques to make them? I don't know. I actually don't know much about hmm. the, the technology that they that they make stuff at Richard Mille. But like, they're the very fact that they can build a precision mechanical wristwatch that can withstand the G-forces on the wrist of a like pro tennis player that's yeah. ridiculous i mean that's insanity <laughs> so are you telling me that my um $650 Seratina can't i can't play tennis with that not if you're Rafael Nadal no like every day huh. all day okay Serving at 110 miles an hour All every right. day. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Also from zero to 110 in about one second. Yeah. yeah. I mean that 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 stuff's crazy. And then they then they also just did this. They, Half they, a second. Richard Mill broke the record for the thinnest um, watch. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I saw that. So jewels wise, there's no. It's not necessarily jewels. No, there are jewels. Yeah. Sure, but but the, the number the, the of million jewels, dollar watch. Asking, I'm just curious. Is it so uh, again? Right. So like there is a. There are okay the the Oscars the the actress that won the Oscar and that was in the Everything Everywhere all the time movie oh the Asian woman yeah yeah um, I can't uh, remember her Michelle name Michelle Yeoh oh perfect thank you I think sure I'll dub, you I'll dub, Why not? I'll dub this in if I got that wrong right. um, it is Michelle something yeah she was wearing a Michelle uh, a Richard Mille and it, it's com- it's completely crystal so it's all see through like wow. so it, like so the whole case is made out of sapphire crystal mm. and so like the whole case has to be cut to be a case but it's i mean most of even like nightly like your watch has got a sapphire crystal on it but it's just grown by the way yeah and it's flat right it's you it's know, polished to be flat it's yeah. polished to be flat but this is a whole case that is like three-dimensional and curved and like has all this beautiful stuff and then inside that watch <laughs> is a movement which isn't just oh i'm just gonna put like the minute wheel here and the third wheel here just because it works right the movement is designed so that it is beautiful inside the crystal case, right? So that's not just arbitrary and it's not just engineering. It's also design and aesthetics, right? So how do you do all of that in in, in a wristwatch unless you've built it by hand and spent years developing it? That's why how, it costs, how many that, years? How many years do you think have that that company has that company been around? Do you think? 
Uh, not long. They're actually a really modern company. Yeah, they haven't been around more than 20, I think. I don't oh, think okay, so. and where are they located? Switzerland, I think. Okay. I'm not sure. I don't know. And they do all their own parts. They make everything from scratch. And I think their design is their design, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Including and the Now, movement. what's the leap from there down to, let, let's say, a $50,000 Rolex? What's in between? Is there anything in between, or is there a leap right yeah. there? Yeah, oh there's a bunch of things in between. This is there a is Pandora's box of really. Oh yeah, it's wow. In, it's Do insanity. we start a different podcast? Yeah. No, I, you know, I wouldn't have my watch. Watches? I wouldn't have my watch if it wasn't for you, or, or probably both of you. I mean, I just I I became fascinated by it by talking about the details inside. Yeah, and the movement. I mean, there. I mean, you you read all this stuff, and I don't know how much of it is true, but they're like saying like every Rolex takes a year to make. Which huh. I, I don't, I don't discount, but it's different for a mass-produced watch, of which Rolex is a mass-produced watch because the parts are made in mass production. So a lot of the parts are made by machine. A lot of the parts are like automatically made, but every movement is assembled by hand. Every watch is assembled by hand, and it's all QA'd by hand. So I know that because I read all the articles and stuff like that. But that's that's uh, <coughs> that's me. like a you know, that's like the level above like regular mechanical wristwatch. Like, like a swatch. Like a swatch. Well, a swatch is fully, you know, you can buy, I've got a System 51, which is swatch. Yeah, I've got one of those too. It's in, made entirely by machine. Yeah. There is nothing that isn't. No made, human touch. No it. human touch. Wow. And it's a mechanical watch. <laughs> is that the deal with swatch? Is that like their no, thing? No, no. That, that was a special thing that they've done. So they're like regular swatches that are like partly made by hand, partly well, made by hand, assembled, but like made by machine. System 51 is like completely end-to-end assembled and built by machine. Did Just, you ha- did you have a swatch when you were a kid? I did. Me too. I did too. Yeah. I had one that was all black with no numbers on it or I anything. I loved that one. And but wait, did it, it have ha- gold hands? No, but it had a red a red fl- dot, a red flower. Oh yeah, that grew up. Yeah, and yeah. It was just a, a, fl- <laughs> a flower there. Yeah, nice. and I think it had red hands. No, my, the point I was going to make is there are Sorry. some there are some manufacturers that are like what they call end to end, right? So there a lot of manufacturers. Rolex used to be like this, and not anymore. But like Rolex used to make watches, and they would buy movements from another company, right? So very famously. In the Rolex Daytona, which is the motorsports Rolex, right? Yeah. It's the Daytona Cosmograph. The movement for the Rolex Daytona Cosmograph used to be made by. All right, while well, he's Googling that, do we get credits for all of us wearing mechanical watches? <laughs> like, and the credits come in some sort of eco credit because none of us are charging a watch? Well, I think that says something about us that we're all wearing automatic watches. Yeah. I shouldn't say automatic. They, I had you could the, have a winder. I had the fruit stand watch and I did not know this. Lay it on us. So the picture right behind you. Yeah. Is a picture of a Valjou movement. Wait, which picture? This one. This one right here. Oh okay. okay. <laughs> Until nineteen sixty. Like, That's the moon, bro. <laughs> there were sixty two thirty eight uh, Rolex Daytona. We used to be powered by that movement. <laughs> Nice. That's I did not know that. You learned something, right? So But Rolex makes their own movements. Yeah, they now, do now, right? right? But so quite famously, yeah, that's uh so let me just see if I can do this so I can edit it. So of course Rolex Daytona Cosmograph, the movement originally was made by Zenith. Oh yeah. So Okay. Uh, that's Zenith so, if you're an American. Yeah. Zenith. So Rolex would Thank Rolex you, buy the movement. <laughs> they, they bought the movement and they put it in their case and they put their their badge on it, right? They put the, their um, their logo and stuff on it. 
And so many, many like watch manufacturers, including many in Switzerland, do this. Like they, you buy a uh, face from a from one company, you buy hands from another company, and you buy a case from somebody, you buy straps from somebody, you buy a movement from somebody. And some companies have just done that. Like they just put in their name on a bunch of stuff that they bought, right? Which we could totally do if we were building cars. Um, and we'll some com- that. some companies will like build their own case but by the movement like the daytona well most of them still do that that's what i'm saying so most of them still do that and until very recently rolex still did that right they still bought hands and they still do that but they've moved everything into what they call like a single manufacturer right so this is why it's a big deal when like breitling come out and they say oh we're 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 releasing this watch with our own movement in it that's what that means it's like now we're building our own movement so end to end this entire watch is built at our manufacturing place this is all of the pieces are built by us um and so when you get into that level and then when you get like a step above that where you're looking at really complicated watches like a patek or a or a jager or jaeger however you want to pronounce it those watches when you look at like perpetual calendar and all of these other really complicated elements of it those can be made by a single watchmaker and it may take five or six years to make one watch who's the the japanese guy that builds everything he built he not only did he build everything he built all the machines that he builds everything with yeah (laughs) which is so crazy a watchmaker guy yeah Yeah. and like he builds like one watch a year a year yeah Yeah. wow yeah Incredible. Yeah. All right. I'm going to hand over my latest cheap watch. What's what's a cheap watch to you, you well-heeled money person? <laughs> what's it? Because I know what a, well, I know what a this, cheap watch is. How about this? Ben will hand you my watch, and then you can guess how much it's worth. I had a $13 watch it's at one point. I, I mean, I had the you, Timex you, with the Mickey Mouse hands, too. I, I like the strap. I really like the strap on this. Yeah. Erica's Originals. Yeah. Oh wow, that's really cool. Ben's like the watch sucks, but the band's no, cool. First, impre- no, the wa- the first impression, first impression. I just look at it and I'm like, whoa, that's that's really interesting. I love it. It's beautiful. Uh, it's a modern take on a field, all right. on a on a like a, a military field watch. I love it. Uh, two hundred dollars. Yeah, you're about right. I paid two fifty for that. Beautiful. And the reason why I wanted that, in addition to having watches that have been part of the American space program. That watch has actually been to space on the Russian space program. Oh, yeah. But it okay, is cool. not Russian. No, no, but not this actual one, no, right? No, <laughs> no. Speaking, do, do you speak, just stretch it on? Speaking of that. You do. Uh, I will. Um, we can maybe like post it on the Instagram or something if anybody's interested. I don't think anybody really cares. But anyway. Uh, don't, don't discount that. There's a fantastic website that uh, an obsessional guy very much like us, has painstakingly put together where he has, ready. you ready for this? He's gone through every single space flight ever and figured out which watches were worn. Oh, my God. That's cool. Isn't that cool? I'm into that. Every person that that went into orbit? Yeah. Yeah. I'm way into that. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and you can like sort and filter. You okay, can say, wait a minute. Yeah. So like you can, sh- you can say, show me all the Gemini watches. Show me all the Apollo watches. Show me all of the Mir watches. Show me all the space shuttle watches. Like, and you can go like in order by astronaut, cosmonaut. Wow. So what- how many of them are Omikas? <laughs> well, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why I want to sell you mine because the fact that Jeff got one of those for free pretty much pissed me off against Amiga. <laughs> 
Did I? Uh, um, this might be a fun thing. Now we're on watches. I can probably share this. So I, I had a um, pretty fun interaction with Swatch. Swatch. Yeah. So they're still a company. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Okay. And, they're uh, ETA. Any movement that is ETA, ETA, is Swatch. ETA. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And is it, is, how do you pronounce that? Valjou. Aren't they ETA as well? Uh. I don't know. Uh, maybe. Ben's so high end with his watches. He's like, any no, of those edit things, fuck off. I, I don't want to say yes. I don't want to say no because I don't really know. But I, what I do know is it's incredibly incestuous. Mm. So, like, it could be, yeah. in a, you know, they might be all mixed up. It's just like. So, so no. So, uh, Moon Swatch. <laughs> Moon Swatch. Moon Swatch. I'm just going to say, fuck off. Yeah, well, that's pretty much what I told him. So um, I must have registered or been on their website or like expressed interest or like I must have done something at some point on their You web- liked their thing on I, Instagram. I like their thing. Yeah, exactly. So now <laughs> I get marketing emails and one of the marketing emails that like I get like on a weekly basis from Swatch, which mostly is like, oh, we've got this thing. We're doing a special spring watch. Do you like this? And as in spring, the season. Uh, and uh, Or we're doing this you know it's mother's day like and da, 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 da. and so i get this once a week or whatever and i'm and most of the time i just delete them but when there was one one email that came through and it was just like have we got a surprise for you and it was some marketing bullshit right and i was just like oh i thought you were going to tell me i could buy a moon swatch so for, uh, you're evan's looking at me going, what the fuck are you talking about so a moon swatch <laughs> is like uh a uh, Speedmaster, which is an Omega Speedmaster, because yeah. Swatch, the parent company of Swatch, owns Omega, which is what Cameron was just saying that he doesn't want his. Um, I always thought it was pronounced Omega. Well, if you're English, it's Omega. Yeah. Okay. Like Zed. Okay. Cool. So uh, they did this really. Uh, the first day I saw it, I was like, "This is perfect. It's an amazing collaboration. It's a fantastic idea. I love that they have done this." It's a uh, an Omega Speedmaster made by Swatch, right? So that Swatch built this like it's kind of like almost like an homage, but it's not. It's an Omega. It's an Omega Swatch, and it's a so they called it the Moon Swatch, okay, instead of Moon Watch because everybody calls an Omega Speedmaster the Moon Watch because it was the watch that was worn on the moon, right? So yeah. uh, when this came out was announced, I was like, oh my god, this is amazing! By the way, it's $260. Oh, wow. That's totally reasonable. Right. And it's it's not made out of metal. It's made out of like recycled plastic. So it's got this kind of cool edge to it. They did like this nine different versions of it. There are different colors because it's, you get a, like one from like the, like mission to the moon or mission to Mars or mission to Venus. And they're all different colors. And it's a, it's, it's brilliant, right? It's a brilliant idea. Unfortunately, or maybe fortunately for them, the hype surrounding this was amplified by the fact that they said this isn't a limited edition. In other words, the number of these watches is not limited, but we're not just going to release it, right? We're going to send a, a small number of these watches to our physical stores. like, And that's the only place you can buy one. So on the day that they were released, there were like riots in the streets. Yeah, you and I were in two different <laughs> yeah. cities and we were I was, like... I was in Las Vegas. Where and they, I was in San Francisco. I'm like, let's try and get one. Yeah. And it, it's just crazy, right? People are going 
out of their mind for this moment in like consumer history or whatever, you know, whatever. And I, um, so that kind of put me off. Yep. And then subsequently, like the watched based media that is out there, the websites and the blogs and everybody, like all of the, everybody reporting and talking, talking about it it just got so amplified um and unfortunately when that happens the hype just brings in like the hype people right like the 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 influences and all this kind of bullshit and it's like no 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 you're ruining something for me anyway you're ruining something because this is a really cool idea like i've always wanted to have uh, a speedmaster because of its connection to the to the space program and I had, just like you just said, I've always had swatches since I was a kid, right? So it's just, it's just such a cool little thing. It doesn't and look like, go ahead. And you're fucking it up. Yeah. Right? So then subsequently, this is a couple of years ago now, right? A uh, year and a half. And yeah. and I'm like, I still don't have one. Yep. And I'd really like to have one. Or would I like to have one? Would it just no. now, would it now just piss me off? It right? piss you off. Yeah. It sounds like it'll piss you off. So, <laughs> so, so I, this is a really long. It'd be like buying a singer. Is a really long way. That would li- not piss me off. <laughs> It'd piss you off at all. Paying a million dollars for it, that would It'd piss, me. Well, piss you off. Someone bought it for me. Oh, okay. I guess it wouldn't piss me off. But now I'm getting to this point where, bucks, like, really? would it? Yeah. Is it pissing me off because of the hype? Because I still like the idea. I th- I still think it'd be. In fact, we were at uh, we were at the restaurant we went to this weekend for Mother's Day, and our waiter was wearing one, and I pointed it out to the Moon Swatch. Yeah, I was like, he's wearing a Moon Swatch, and. Cost of he was just like, oh, yeah, yeah great. It, it doesn't look like the old one from the eighties, though, right? No, it looks like it looks exactly like my my Moonwatch. Like if you glance at it, you'd that be like, oh, Omega Moonwatch. I don't. That doesn't. Oh, maybe I've seen it. It's, it's just kind of like a standard, it's like, like a chronograph. Yeah, hang on. Okay. Um. Anyway, so that sets the scene, right? Gotcha. So now I get this email. It's like surprise, like you're, you know, th- this great surprise. And, da, 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 da. and I, I read the email and it was just like, oh, we've got this new line of regular swatches coming out. So I replied back and I was just like, oh, I thought you were going to tell me I could buy a moon swatch. And I was like, can we just end the hype now? Can you just let me buy one? <laughs> yeah. Can I just buy so, one? So what, what are they worth now? Well, that's the thing. If you really want one, of course you can get one on the secondary market for six hundred or nine hundred dollars. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. That's that's a moon watch. Gotcha. It looks exactly like that. It's gorgeous. So I'm like, want to buy it? No. <laughs> I got one for sale. I, the next watch is. I like that watch. I'll buy that watch from you. Okay. Yeah. So, I I emailed them and I said, "Can we just end the hype? Can you just stop now? Because you're." I believe you're actually you're hurt, ruining it. You're yeah. hurting your brand at this point. Exactly. I get what you did. I think it's fantastic. Congratulations. Well done. You got everybody to come out after the pandemic. You got everybody to go to stores. You had a moment. It was fantastic. Congratulations. Well done. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> thanks for sharing that. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know when that was taken. When was that taken? About the time that I bought my moon watch. Right. Oh God. <laughs> Sorry. But you're wearing your Rolex. Yeah. We shared a picture of Ben, and it just cracked us up. Which is also, by the way, a moon watch. Yeah. Nice. You're- well, what does a moon watch mean? He went to the moon. Wait. It who- means that that's a watch. Wait. That, hang on. That, hang that on. Someone hang on. wore to the no, moon. No, no, yes. Hang on. Let me let's test my knowledge. Armstrong? No. So that means it's one of like twelve watches. 
There's only who, who wore it. Uh, there were. Um, now you're testing me because I can't. Buzz remember. Aldrin. No. Michael Collins. Okay, so you want to, All right, Sam Shepard. T- test my knowledge on that. On. Okay. Jim, Jim Lovell. Well, wait, wait, Bu- wait. Buzz Hang Aldrin on. wore his Omega Speedmaster on the surface of the moon. Armstrong left his behind in in the uh, lander because they needed to run the timer on it because the timer in the lander had was faulty. So he left his inside. So there's one on the moon. No, he no, didn't, he didn't leave it no, there no, forever. No. But yeah. They brought him back. But the GMT went to the Oh, you mean what, what, base? what do you mean they brought him back? They brought the watches back. They wore them. He put it back on. He put it back on. Oh, oh okay. It was meant, on a band like this. I thought when he left it there and then no, took no, off. No, no, no. When, no, the, no. when they went out for the gotcha. like, to moonwalk, gotcha. the, he left it inside. So the, it wasn't on the actual surface. But obviously the Omega is the only watch it that was, was, that was certified yeah, to be on worn the on the outside of the spacesuit, which is why Aldrin is pictured wearing one ah, on the outside. It's the, it's the oil. That's pretty cool. So that one in particular, I would imagine, is worth more. No. Do you want to know something? The the Buzz Aldrin version? No. Buzz Aldrin's uh, Omega Speedmaster? Disappeared. Disappeared. Whoa. Nobody knows where it is. Like, do you, does he think he was robbed or something? No, it's no, Buzz said, Aldrin's house. No, uh, probably. But he... Um, he's, he uh, <laughs> right, he just can't find it. He, he, uh, no. Well, for a start... Just he's got it. He's for just start. like, I lost it. <laughs> for a start, it was never actually their property. It was always government property, Right. So he had to give it back, essentially. So he was he. Uh, the story is that he sent it back, to, and it was on its way back to the Smithsonian, and it never got there. Yeah, which means, much like uh, Wow Ryan, what's his name? He kept it. I wonder what the story is there. Yeah, well, so that, maybe, that's maybe a one, good one. Maybe one day we'll know. Yeah. No, uh, there were multiple GMTs. In fact, a lot of the Apollo astronauts, uh, you can find pictures of them wearing GMTs. And I I love the GMT, by the way. And um, it's a great several watch several of them wore them. Not just uh, like in the command module, but actually on the lander as well. So, do you think they're this big, or is it bigger? No, way smaller. They're way smaller. Way smaller. I need something. They're smaller, smaller than my one because the my is a, what they call a maxi case, so it's like a really big case. Just like, come compared. over. I have it. Oh, really? Yeah, the watch I showed you in the photo is mine. Nice. That's oh. my wrist. Beautiful. Yeah, it's forty-two. Millimeters? I'm not good with that. I can't just. It's 42. You know, I could already think of like the little blurb that we're going to write about this episode, and be like, <laughs> we start off with a therapeutic session right. about the yeah. psychology of cars, and we take a severe hard, hard right hard, turn. Hard, no, right no, into nope. I'm, I'm watches. Nope. I'm not going to let you say that because there is turn a turn it around. Hang on, <laughs> hang on. There is a hard correlation, and and I've looked at. I can't talk about where I have this data from, but there's a hard correlation between people that appreciate high-end cars, vintage cars, and mechanical watches. Uh-huh. So this For is sure. this is spot on with our demographic. They like precision engineering. They like mechanical things. Yeah. It's a value proposition. You like mechanical. We're all searching for the thing that brings us back to some point in our life. Um, something you said a while ago, by the way, made me think of it. I, I was in a place for a couple of days just dealing with some ang- serious, I hate the word, but I'm going to say it, rage. <laughs> yeah, okay. And, talk, uh, talk to us about your rage. Some anger. And then um, I thought I need to get on my motorcycle and just go for a ride because when I'm on the bike, if... 
you know, if I'm going slow, it's one thing I could stay in my head, but if I'm pick up speed a little bit, I have no choice but to focus on the present moment. I mean, that's it. There's nothing else. And if I don't think about that, then, you know, anyway, I shouldn't be out there anyway. So I went for a ride and sure enough, it cured me. So there is a, a healing thing I think that comes with driving a car. Yeah. For me, just bringing me back to present, stopping my brain from talking for about two hours, you know, when I'm driving and or riding. Yeah, it's therapeutic in itself. Totally. So, Evan. Yes. You are. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bring it all back. <laughs> Starting with watches and time. So uh, we talked about this earlier in the podcast. We've got a couple of questions coming from our Instagram. The first one is from my ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> Lined up first to ask Cam questions. I'm I'm doing them in order. <laughs> she says, SF Goon commented, would love to hear some thoughts about EVs, and if you had to buy one, which would you have in your garage? You know, I think we kind of covered that. I feel like we did, podcasts. too. We did, yeah. but that's a specific question. It is. So you have to have one. You have well, to I can pre- answer it really easily. Yeah, right? I, know, I, I, know what Go for it. I know what your answer is. Take an. I knew oh. you were going to say that. You no, I, I knew you were going to say that. You thought I was going to say the Rivian I R1T, yeah. which is a close second, but I got to go sports car. Based on what? I just love the way it looks and the 0 to 60, and I don't know, it just seems awesome in the interior. So I'm going to say Taycan as well, but I have a very specific reason. It has a transmission. Okay, cool. So How many gears does it have? Two. <laughs> okay, well, that's something. <laughs> can you feel it shift or hear it shift? I that's, guess you can. It's not one. <laughs> yeah, that's way better than one. I don't know. When, twice I co- as good. when I go to put my deposit on the T, let's go. Yeah. Let's go drive a take in. Yeah. We have to drive our cars there, though. You know what I'm saying? Just real, so they take us seriously. Should we, give ben, should we give Ben a Porsche to drive? I mean, <laughs> I mean, they just walk up and anybody, you could, anyone can drive their cars, right? He's not even here. He's like watches. No, watches. no, I'm not actually. I'm looking up. I'm looking. At, I'm because there was no budget specified. Yeah, Rimac. <laughs> Fuck you, <laughs> dude. When you go into no, I'm serious. Did you see this today? Yeah, I did. Right, one point eight three seconds zero yeah. to sixty. Yeah, I want to know what that feels like. To yeah, be honest, but how does it even have the traction to do that? <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's that's it's faster than the F1 cars. For sure, like almost the second fast, not it, like, like it, a half a second fast. What did it do? A quarter mile in eight, yeah, three or something. Yeah. yeah. Did you see that video going around this week? By the way, with the fastest pit stop of all time, one point eight three seconds or something. Which which team did that? I believe it was Ferrari. Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but those cars are all underwater. Incredible. I I mean, cynical me was on the Slack thread earlier today saying, oh, you know, is Ferrari just pumping water into the track at this point so that they don't have to race at their home race? (laughs) (laughs) That would be very Italian of them. It would be. Okay. Hopefully they reschedule somehow, but I doubt it. I I don't think they can reschedule, but like, uh, all joking aside, like, that's pretty serious. Yeah, it sucks. So are you going with Remac? I was upset. There was no budget specified. No. So, like, if I had to have, uh, other than what's that other crazy car, which is like really tiny, the Concept One. 
Is that what it's called? It's silver. They know. only make them Who in makes silver. It? It's tiny and it's just sick looking. It's the one that uh, it's the one that Richard Hammond crashed off the hillside. No, that's a Rimac. Oh, that's a Rimac. Yeah, and that yeah that was a Rimac concept one. No. Oh, that, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, and then they've just done another one, which is even like more ridiculous. I, all right, so if I had to be sensible, right? Yeah. So I will have to admit that I was in traffic and there was a um, Audi e-tron GT in front of me, yeah. and I was yeah. just like, "God, you're like a one-trick that, no, pony." That, that's a no. That's a close second for me, for sure. <laughs> it's the same chassis, right? It's the yeah, same I, car. I love, yeah, but I love the look of that car, and the interior is really cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, honestly, mm. I, the, the, what made me pause just for a moment was I was actually looking at the lines, going, "Okay, yeah, they've done a pretty it makes good sense. job." Yeah, yeah, design language good. Yeah, you know, I was actually surprised with that car when I saw it in pictures. I was so psyched for it. And then I admit I was a little bit let down when I saw it in person. I don't know why. It's, yeah. I, I can't really describe it because it does look the same. But I don't know. For some reason, it just didn't do it for me. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I wouldn't be able to if I was genuinely like trying to buy a car like that. I, I just I wouldn't be able to get past the four doors thing because it looks like somebody stuffed two extra doors into yeah, it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. That's the same. That's the maybe same. that's the problem. I'm but having. that's the same with the Taycan as well. All yeah. right, let's move off of EVs, please. Agreed. Jeff Wise, our buddy Jeff. Hey, Jeff. As the son of a dad with cars and as a dad with cars myself, is it odd that I am drawn to cars of my father's generation, 1960s through early 1970s, with the popularity of Radwood, it seems I'm in the minority, except when it comes to vintage 911s. Why is it that younger people who are dads are interested in 911s, but not other vintage cars from the 60s and 70s? I, I have a theory. Okay. Lay it on us. Because he actually added that as a comment in one of the posts, right? He did. Yeah. So I already saw it. So... I will. Well, I mean, okay. So let's let's give context because visually we're not, you know, the post that Jeff is responding to is a reel of a 911 engine, yeah, basically idling. Yep. With the fan, all right, with the fan yeah. running. Go for it, Ben. So I'm channeling my inner Clarkson here. Okay. And his question is why? Because I read the question, so I'm, I'm going to read it back. Just make sure I'm understanding yep. the question correctly. Yep. Um, why are people into vintage Porsches, but they're not into the other vintage cars of the same era? Like modern, like people our age. I know the answer. I I, know, I think I know the answer as well. And I'm channeling my inner Clarkson with the answer, which is because it's the same car. Hmm. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Expand. Well, like a 911 today, it's the same car as a 911 yeah. 40 years ago. So you can get a new 911, and it's basically your dad's car. There's something quite poetic about that. There's like, I can go get a 911 from 1974, and I can put it right next to a 911 from 2023, and it looks like the same car if you kind of blur your eyes a little bit. Uh, Roofline, if you if you go very Japanese, like... Headlights. Zen drawing, yes. the shape's the same. Yes. Yeah. I think that there is a comfort in that familiarity. 
Okay, fair. I, I, I just think it's I the best. Take. I just think it's the best looking car. I just think it's the coolest looking thing from that era. Okay, like by far. That's yeah. That's it. All right. I have had. <clears throat> so I will challenge that. I think it's rare. But if you have the opportunity to be around or drive a Morgan, a Morgan will give you the same thing. They haven't changed. Okay, so uh, this brings us... Uh, sorry, I'm going to leap here, but you'll understand why. The article about why Luft is so successful and nobody oh, else is being able nice, to recreate Brad. it. Nice. Right? That's a, it's, a tra- it's a tangent, but it, this is why. No, it's not. I want to go there too. Because the, the, what, what I'm trying to say about like the fact that the 911 looks the same today as it did 40 years ago is because the design language, which is what you're saying, Evan, it's, it's, it's the design is successful. Yep. So you have all of that history with essentially the same shape. It goes further than that. Okay. Not for me. If you were to own a 911 between 1965 and 1993, the parts are interchangeable. Oh, yeah. You told me that before. Yeah. So, 74, 86, all the, like pinnacle years of where the body has changed the windows are the same the motor's the same the chassis beneath it is the same you are blowing my mind right now yep (laughs) this is i mean you could look this up and it would be like if it ain't broke don't fix it right yeah is that why and just the look just kept changing slightly and that was it it is evolution, not revolution. Yes. And I don't mean that in the, it's like like the marketing iPhone. sense. It's like of the way. iPhone. No. No. It's not the it's iPhone. Not, well, no, well, I'm hit, just saying the iPhone is very slow. Here's, here's the crazy changing. thing. One of the kids went into the drawer and they pulled out an iPhone 4 and I put it next to like an iPhone 13. I was like, oh my God, that's insane. Yeah, the They're difference in size. Different. Yeah. 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 And you just get used to whatever but you it, have. It took day. time to get there. And yes, 911s have got bigger, right? But it's it's if it's not broken, don't. Try and fix it. Evolution versus revolution. Yeah. I mean, the door cards in a 65 and the door cards in a 93 will fit. Utterly interchangeable. The window glass, utterly interchangeable. Insanity. The motor will bolt right up. Yeah, the bolt, the mounting points are the same. But that does that answer his question, though? Is it because of all of that momentum right the the environment the fact that you can get a new one it looks like an old one the fact that everything fits that in fact they haven't they have fundamentally changed the model right okay i'm just gonna throw it out there i'm i'm stepping out on a limb on this one ben evan and i jeff and our friend diego have all had the opportunity to be around a 1974 Porsche 911 Carrera. We've all wrenched on it. I've had the opportunity to spend a lot of time behind the wheel of this car. I have never driven a car that has provided me with so much joy than this car. Wow. Wow. And 
Uh, I plan to hand the keys to each of you so that you can spend an afternoon behind the wheel as I can't wait as I have. <laughs> I'm so pumped. So, so to answer Jeff's question, honestly, <laughs> the thing that is amazing to me is you forget that you are driving a car that is as old as we are. Yeah. It has so much performance. It has so much ability to be modern, usable, reliable, and ultimately performance-oriented in ways that you would never expect a car from the 70s to be. And it's fucking bulletproof. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is, then. It's just... I mean, mean, there's a reliability factor. all, All we're saying is, it's just a fucking great car. Yeah. It's so well engineered. It is so like approachable. Like if you didn't want to drive it as a performance car, it just lumps along like just, normal. Can we end on this? Yeah. The 911 is the perfect car. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know if it's the perfect car or not, but it is the car that I would say it 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 does everything well, and it is approachable, and it is not unobtainable. Not unobtainable. That's one of the best parts about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like... If, if I, I can obtain it, anybody can obtain it. Like, I love Trust and respect me. Ferrari and McLaren and Lamborghini. I think they have pivotal moments where they are... Like, nothing else in the world is like it. The 911 since 1965 is somewhere on the scene, no matter what. I mean, it had a low point with the 991.1. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> you better rephrase that, bro. <laughs> <laughs>